1: Welcome back. Hope you had a good weekend. I don't know how Devin Archer's day is today, but probably not a great day for the Bidens, but that has yet to be seen. Right. Welcome back. This is Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, the stevenobleshow.com. As always, you can grab the podcast, Apple, Google, the typical places. And uh, we talked about this last week that Devin Archer was planning to show up today and actually did. Uh, only one Democrat bothered to sit through the hearing, which is kind of funny at the House Oversight Committee, because that's that that way they plausible deniability. Oh, This is just a witch hunt. <laughs> it's funny how the shoes on the other foot now. And then uh, ah, just uh it's ridiculous. It's grandstanding. They've had it in for the president, blah, 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 blah. It's basically everything in reverse from what we've seen over the last seven years with respect to Donald Trump. So. They don't even bother, except for Democrat Representative Dan Goldman. We've got several video clips of him that we're going to play. You'll hear the audio on radio and podcast. And uh, kind of amusing to listen to the guy, how he's trying to work through what was said today by Devin Archer. Again, that was at the House Oversight Committee. And so I want to talk about that a bit. Uh, Before I do, and I haven't had time to really kind of uh, digest this. But earlier today, uh, pushed away from the table, working on a bunch of stuff for Noble U. Classes start in a couple weeks uh, to uh, fulfill the request of our uh, daughter, who's getting ready to go off to college, to go see, you guessed it, the Barbie movie. So my wife and I went with her. And uh, I, I understand. I mean, the thing's just a juggernaut at the movie theater. It's about uh, 378 almost $400 million uh, domestically Uh, Coming up on uh, $837 worldwide. And uh, so coming up on a billion dollars domestically. And, uh, you know, I've read a bunch of articles uh, by conservative pundits that just uh, excoriate it as a anti-man, pro-feminism, uber-woke mess. And in some ways, I definitely found that to be true. I understand the nostalgia of it uh cuz from from that perspective uh, you know they they made a 2 hour movie out of uh what 50 60 70 80 years of barbie history which is embedded in the american culture so i could understand the appeal uh just up front without thinking politically without thinking about the battle of the sexes uh i mean how wide of an audience is there for a, a big production barbie movie 100 million dollars i think it cost to make the movie and, uh, I mean, visually, from a Barbie perspective, you know, stunning, all the Barbie toys that uh, I, I can c- kind of remember just because they're a part of our culture and my sisters to a certain extent. Uh, and so that part made sense to me. But, but the, the whole feminism, anti-man, uh, that was definitely in there and, uh, and pronounced. I mean, that was a, a big part of the show. And I've read several things on it. So I'll, I'll pick that up tomorrow when I've had a chance to distill it down a little bit more. Literally got out of the theater at 2.30 or something and then shot right over here uh, to the studio to get ready. So I, I definitely have more to say about it. Uh, but, but of course, remember, whenever you go down this road, everything's politicized. Everybody's going to take a position. All the people out there that we read, that, whose tweets or X's or whatever those are called now, since it's not called Twitter anymore, it's called X. Uh, th- those posts, all the things that are out there. Are everybody's trying to get attention so the more salacious, the more aggressive the better. They're all fighting for our eyeballs and our time so that they can sell advertising. Remember, it's always about uh money ultimately with all these things uh, w- whether it's a podcast or Fox News or CNN or a Twitter or Facebook, whatever, uh, any given website trying to th- there's there's so much competition that they're just ravenously at it. And so they 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 uh, Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, CNN, whatever, they all know their audience. It's like, hey, I, I've got sharks in my audience. What do you? What should we throw in the water? Well, you know what to throw in the water. If it's sharks, right, thank you, Josh. Chump, uh, right, you, you're gonna throw uh, fish guts and stuff in the water because that's what sharks like. So always remember that. So if I read something from Matt Walsh about the Barbie movie, I know what he's gonna sell me. That doesn't mean that what he's selling is is completely irrelevant or untrue. It just means that it's, there's plenty of a uh, salt and pepper and spice and all things nice, right? There's going to be that in there. So a lot of hyperbole. So whenever I hear, oh, the Barbie movie, this is just a big woke nightmare, anti-man, blah, blah, blah. I, 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 my assumption is that's going to be partially true, but not a hundred percent true. How, how true is it? That's going to take you uh with personal experience if if you cared about something like the barbie movie because of what i do i wanted to be able to talk about it intelligently at least for a couple of weeks because then it'll be gone and nobody will talk about it anymore who cares this isn't gonna uh, reshape culture neither here in america nor anywhere else around the world but it does send messages especially to younger more impressionable minds and there's things in the barbie movie that are definitely kind of adult potty humor thrown in there and uh so if you take your six-year-old girl, a 10-year-old girl, eight-year-old girl to go see the Barbie movie, there's going to be a couple of moments in there when you're like, oh, did they have to include that? I mean, it's not horrible, but it's there. And so, I mean, it's a movie. And every like I said, everything gets politicized. So I'll, I'll, I'll work through that a little bit more tomorrow. It's obviously, uh, there's a couple of things here and there that you're like, okay, that's a good message. But it's buried in all the other stuff. I don't think the ultimate goal of the movie was to change society, but it's certainly one of the goals of any movie. Every director, every producer, they're all messaging. They've all have an agenda. Everybody's got a worldview. Nobody is objective. And so everything you consume, everything I consume from a media standpoint is all tainted by that. Everything's tainted by sin, sin nature. Which is why having an operable biblical worldview makes it a lot easier to go through these things. And you watch it and you go, yeah, false. Uh, That's true, kind of. You're in the ballpark. And so you can take the parts that reaffirm what's true and you dump the rest. But that's if you have a biblical worldview. My guess is the overwhelming majority of people that see the Byron movie don't. And in that sense, it can be uh, powerful. It's just another nudge in the direction of an anti-biblical worldview. Which is what the devil wants, of course, and what we want in our flesh. But again, it's not just the Barbie movie. That's true of everything, every piece of media that we consume. All right, when we come back, Devin Archer before the House Oversight Committee today. Will the Bidens ever go down? We'll be right back. Hey, it's. I want something just like this. Devin Archer. Longtime buddy of Hunter Biden, business partner. Will we forget his name after a few days? I I don't know. I'm not hopeful about any of this investigative stuff with respect to Biden Incorporated. I think it's definitely real. I think Joe Biden's probably been a dirtbag for... 30 or 40 years, maybe the entire 50 years he's been in the government. I don't know, but uh, certainly a significant part of it. I don't think he's nearly the great guy that some people say he is. Uncle Joe, all that stuff. Now, by the way, he's acknowledging he has seven grandchildren because the numbers uh, were getting big enough and significant enough that them ignoring hanging up six stockings at the White House for their grandkids and one for their dog and not for Hunter's illegitimate child, Navy, who he had with uh, the strippers in Arkansas. I don't know where. Uh, Who that that I think a little girl is four years old. And uh, yeah, we're not going to acknowledge her, which is pretty consistent with somebody that's uh, been on the side of protecting the abortion industry for as long as Joe Biden has. But whatever. Uh, But but now he's like in an interview and a tweet the other day. He's like, yeah, our seven grandchildren. Oh, okay, all is well now and we'll give you another term in office. So uh, I think these guys are guilty as the day is long, whether the Republicans are ever going to find the smoking gun in which to actually have a legitimate impeachment process. Again, uh, Trump's impeachment process, both of them were illegitimate. They were purely political. That's the problem. Now, here we are, a few years later, ready to drop the I-bomb again. And you go, yeah, but this time, Steve, okay, see, there's the problem. That's the problem of what happened under Nancy Pelosi, is that imp- the impeachment process became purely a political tool of Nancy Pelosi et all's rage against Donald Trump and thinking they were going to just uh, take him out at the knees in one way or another. Now, we there, we impeached him twice. Okay, Nancy, what are you going to do, put that on your grave head? And so... Now it just becomes political. So if the Republicans are going to do it, which, again, they, would, they could uh, get the votes to impeach in the House. That's like bringing the charges. And then you got to go over to the Senate and actually do the trial, and that's not going to go well uh, with the current makeup of the Senate. But, uh, but if there's overwhelming evidence, now you're going to get, if, if there is, and we haven't seen that yet, if there is, then you can start to go down the Richard Nixon road where it becomes, maintaining the presidency, becomes untenable, and then Joe can uh, take one for the team and back out. Is that going to happen? I mean, at this point in my life, uh, I'm I'm not hopeful of any justice really coming out of Washington, D.C. Miranda Devine, uh, who writes for the New York Post and is a Fox News contributor, was tweeting about this earlier. Devin Archer's testimony today is bombshell, has yet to be seen. Hunter Biden's ex-BFF testified that the value of adding Hunter Biden to Burisma's board was, quote, unquote, the brand and confirmed that then Vice President Joe Biden bought the most brought the most value to the brand. Archer also stated that Burisma would have gone under if not for the brand. Devin Archer's testimony in December 2015, Mykola uh, Zalovsky, the owner of Burisma, and Vadim Pazarsky, an executive at Burisma, placed constant pressure on Hunter Biden to get help from D.C. regarding the uh, Ukrainian problem, right? Regarding the Ukrainian prosecutor, Viktor Shokin. Shokin was investigating Burisma for corruption. Hunter Biden, along with Zalewski and Pozarski, whatever their names are, called DC to discuss the matter. Biden, Zalewski, and Pozarski stepped away to make the call. Devin Archer testified that Hunter Biden um, put then Vice President Joe Biden on the speakerphone during business meetings over 20 times. Archer testified that Joe Biden was put on the phone to sell the brand, right? So there you go. Uh, these phone calls included a dinner in Paris with a French energy company and in China with Jonathan Lee of BHR. In spring of 2014, then-Vice President Joe Biden attended a business dinner with his son, Hunter, and his associates at Cafe Milano in Washington, D.C. Elena uh, batterina, a Russian oligarch who is the widow of the former mayor of Moscow, attended the dinner. Notably, the Biden administration's public sanctions list for Russian oligarchs does not contain batterina, Right, So you get all that kind of stuff going, whoa, what's going on here? And this is from an article on it from today. Hunter Biden's uh, business partner, Devin Archer, telling Congress that uh, the Biden brand helped Ukrainian firm Burisma from going bankrupt and revealed Joe was on the phone at least 20 times while his son was talking with foreign associates. Now, remember, the White House has changed the story here. They did it officially about a week ago before it was uh, President Biden never spoke to Hunter about his business dealings. Okay, that's a very broad statement. Big net. He never spoke to his son about his business dealings. Now they're saying he's never been involved with Hunter's business, like formally. Right? See the little subtle change there? Representative Dan Goldman, who I mentioned, a Democrat from New York, confirmed Archer told the House Oversight Committee that Joe has been on speakerphone multiple times while his son was talking with business partners, but insisted they were talking about niceties, you know, like the weather. Okay, let, let's play one of these. Can we get the first one up here? Josh, this is uh, Democrat Representative Dan Goldman, the only uh, Democrat that bothered to sit in on the House Oversight Committee meeting with Devin Archer today, uh, talking about what he heard coming out of Mr. Archer's mouth. Ready for the first one? All right, go ahead. So, so to confirm, you're saying that the speakerphone conversations, they don't seem concerning to you because there was no specifics about business and it just seemed like it they were was talking clear about-
0: that It was clear the, that it was part of the daily conversations that Hunter Biden had with his father- um, and it was, and and sounded like most of the time, uh, now President Biden didn't even know who the people he was at dinner. He was just asked to say hello, uh, and he would, you know, talk about the the way he described it several times. They asked over and over and over. He described what the weather was, how uh, how what's going on on your end. He the the witness was very very consistent that none of those conversations. Ever had to do with any business dealings or transactions. They were purely
1: what he called casual
0: conversation.
1: Did they Did they need to be specific to that? No. If you're sitting there hanging out with the people that are putting $85,000 a month in your pocket for being on their board when you have no experience whatsoever in the energy industry, that's when Hunter was on Barisma's board. Uh, I'm sure at some point the conversation is, Hey, we know who your dad is, right? We wouldn't be talking to you otherwise, but I mean, can you really, can you really just get him on the phone? Like, just imagine this. If you're 20 years old uh, or 16 years old today, and you had Taylor Swift's cell number, don't you think you would want to curry favor with some of your friends and text Taylor say, Hey, heard the show went great last night on her era's tour. And she texts back and says, "Yeah, it was amazing. The people are great. We actually uh, hit the Richter scale up in Seattle the other day. Did you see that? That was hilarious." And then you show your friends, "Wow, you know Taylor Swift? Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> look. She sent me a selfie. There she is with fifty thousand people in the crowd. All right, now who are you in your friends' eyes? You're somebody, right? Now you got some mojo. And so Hunter Biden gets his dad. Oh uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get my. Sure, I'll get my dad on the phone." Hey, Dad, I'm here with Vlad and uh, this other guy and some friends of mine from Ukraine. Just wanted to say hi and, uh, and uh, just say hi, Dad. Hey, uh, hey everybody. Uh, how's the weather over there? Uh, g- good. Great. They're not going to get into specifics. The Bidens are dirtbags, but they're not stupid. And so that's that's the the congressman from New York's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just simple, casual conversation. No, if you can get your dad on the phone and your dad's the vice president and you're sitting in a meeting with foreign business leaders, uh, yeah, you're influence peddling. That's exactly what's going on. Is there a smoking gun? Oh, we'll keep talking. We'll listen to some more clips. We'll be right back. back. at Steve Noble, the Steve Noble show. If you were looking for uh, the big mushroom cloud coming up from the House Oversight Committee meeting today when they had Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's longtime friend and business partner, came in to uh, drop a few uh, bombshells, allegedly, uh, about uh, Hunter and Hunter getting his dad, Joe, on the phone and Joe's involvement in Hunter's businesses. And of course, like uh, we've noticed recently, The White House taking a different tact now before it was, I never talked to my son about his business dealings. Now it's I was never in business with my son. (laughs) It's a pretty significant difference. Uh, But most Americans aren't paying attention. So you can get away with that kind of stuff. So uh, Archer was in there today, uh, Devin Archer. And so some more from uh, this particular article I'm reading then. A couple more clips from Democrat Representative Dan Goldman, the only Democrat that bothered to sit in on the meeting today. Archer was on Burisma's board with Hunter, who was paid $50,000 a month for his role. So Archer got, he only got fifty grand a month for being on the board. Hunter got $85,000 a month for being on the board. Uh, Archer's facing a lengthy prison sentence for defrauding Native Americans out of millions. So he's obviously a great guy. Uh, Republican Representative Andy Biggs then said uh, ac- that, according to Archer, Hunter was on the Ukrainian Energy Firm board because of his family brand. And Joe added, quote-unquote, value. Oversight member Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene told DailyMail.com in an interview, Archer testified that the Bidens were in the actual business of influence peddling. It's extremely damning, she said, claiming that the 20 phone conversations Archer referred to were directly about business deals. We have Devin Archer coming out and telling the truth that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden spoke over 20 times about his business deals, not about the weather, not about what was for lunch, about his business deals, she said. Goldman explained Archer's testimony on the phone calls as such. Sometimes Hunter would be at dinner with business partners and take a call from his dad who didn't know who else was at the table and put it on the speakerphone. This was Dan Goldman. And we got a couple more clips from that. So uh, he said there was no indication that he had any idea who was at dinner with them. It was just to say, hello, I'm at dinner. And there was nothing related to his business dealings. First of all, if you're the vice president of the United States and your son is calling you with random associates of his, don't you think you'd want to know what the heck's going on there? You call him back and say, Hunter, who are those guys? Like you're calling the sitting vice president of the United States. And depending on who's sitting at your table, that could be a national or international incident. (laughs) It's kind of a big deal, right? So the fact that Joe would just play along with that is ridiculous. Okay, let's get to another. This is Democrat Dan Goldman again from New York uh, trying to hold his own coming out out after the, uh, the meeting earlier today of the House Oversight Committee. Let's go to another clip from Dan, see what he said. Go ahead. Does it
0: contradict the president's statements saying that he never talked to any of Hunter Biden's business associates? Clearly, he talked, whether it's not the weather or whatever, but he said specifically that he's never talked to them. Doesn't this contradict I, d- I don't know what his comment is, and if that's we're going to... Well, I don't, I don't think that's <laughs> sure. He doesn't. what he said. He never said that he has never spoken to anyone. He said that he had nothing to do with Hunter Biden's business dealings. If he says hello to someone that he sees his son with, is he supposed to say hi, son? Oh, no, I'm not going to say hello to the other people at the table or the other people on the phone. It's kind of a preposterous premise to think that a father should not say hello to people that the son are at dinner with. The son is at dinner with, and that is literally all the evidence is. is like all right, so
1: just think of that one. Okay, go to your own experience there. And uh, you know, my son calls me and. Uh, Hey, 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 buddy! What are you doing? Oh, I'm just hanging out with some guys. Oh, really? Who are you with? Oh, I'm with uh, Dan and Michael and Keenan and a couple other. Oh, hey, tell him, tell him I said hi, because I know them. So I would say, tell him I said hi if he told me who he's hanging out with. I'm hanging out with these guys you don't know. Oh, okay. Do you, do you know them from work? Yeah, they're just some work buddies. Oh, cool. What are you guys doing? i oh, are just, just going out to dinner. Okay, cool. What do you need? I, I, hey, tell these people I have no idea who they are. I said hi. You don't do that. So in Hunter, and it's not like you walk into the room and your son's sitting there with a couple of buddies around the TV and you say, oh, who are these guys? Hey, guys, welcome. Hey, thanks for coming over. Uh, any friend of Hunter's is a friend of mine. I'm Joe, blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's normal. But a phone call? Hey, Dad, I'm here with some of my friends from Ukraine. Uh, say hi. I mean, that's, that's, it's clear what's going on here. Is it not? Hunter is proving to the boys... That he can get a hold of his dad and his dad and it's all legit. Yeah, I can get the vice president of the United States on the phone, which means we've got connections. We've got some clout. We've got some influence. That's why you put me on your board in the first place, because not because I'm Hunter Biden, but because my dad is Joe Biden, who happens to be the sitting vice president of the United States. Right? Duh. Let's go to another one. Last one from Dan. This is Representative Dan Goldman, the only Democrat that bothered to sit in on the meeting today. I,
0: the witness, Mr. Archer, was very clear that Hunter spoke to his father every day um, that and he indicated that he approximated about twenty times over the course of his ten year business relationship that he had with Mr. Biden, which would be with Hunter Biden, which would be about twice a year that uh, Hunter would put his father on speakerphone with um, uh, with whomever was at dinner and he, there was no indication that he had any idea who was at dinner with them. It was just a say, hello, I'm at dinner here. And there was nothing related to his business dealings. Uh, the witness,
1: Mr. Once again, I would say you would not need to say anything in that phone call related to your business dealings. It's just, hey, yeah, I can get my dad on the phone anytime I want. Oh yeah. Or they don't even have to say anything. You just watch this. Could you imagine that? Like I said earlier, you got a 16 year old daughter and let's say she knows Taylor Swift and she's got Taylor Swift's cell number and she texts Taylor's. I had the concert go last night and Taylor sends back a picture and says, oh, it's awesome. I'm wiped out now. I'm just uh, enjoying a meal and hanging out here in my hotel room. And there's a picture of Taylor in the hotel room with a big tray of a nice food. And she sends that to your 16 year old daughter. And of course, your 16 year old daughter is going to want to show people. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I know, Taylor. Yeah, I can get yeah, I can get Dad on the phone. Watch. Boom. See? So you got uh, Representative Andy Biggs said as he left the room uh, after Archer testified, uh, Burisma would have gone out of business sooner if the Biden brand had not been invoked. People would be uh, would be intimidated to really mess with Burisma because of the Biden family brand. But Biggs said that Archer had told the committee he did not know anything about the bribery claims made in the FBI's FD-1023 document, which I wouldn't expect him to know that kind of stuff. This is why the Republicans... Going to have to, going to have to have more than smoke here. They're going to have to get to the fire. Judiciary chairman and oversight member Jim Jordan, who was in the room for the deposition, told reporters that Archer had provided the committee with new information and called the meeting very productive. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who uh, talks regularly with uh, Kevin McCarthy, said she believed Archer's testimony could be what moves the needle on the potential Biden impeachment inquiry. I take everything she says with a grain of salt, by the way. Donning a devil-may-care grin, Archer sauntered in 15 minutes late to his 10 a.m. deposition and declined to comment on reporters' shouted questions. Archer arrived to speak to investigators as as unearthed a laundry list of foreign influence violations Hunter could be charged with after his plea deal dramatically fell apart last week, which was beautiful, wasn't it? I was listening to that in real time. Archer's testimony also comes after a back-and-forth with the Department of Justice claiming it was not trying to have Archer jailed before his deposition, Over an unrelated fraud conviction, the DOJ had sent a letter on July 29th to a New York judge calling for Archer's sentencing to be expedited. Did you get the timing of that? That was like Friday. Republicans claim the move by DOJ was an attempt to intimidate Archer, who they view as being central to providing information that is critical to their ongoing investigation into whether Joe Biden was involved in his son's foreign business deals. DOJ seemingly walked back their request in a fresh Sunday filing, telling District Judge Abrams that they do not wish to see Archer imprisoned before he testifies before Congress on Monday on the Biden's business schemes. Why did they feel the need to clarify that? Caught with with your hand in the cookie jar, it would appear. Archer, 48, was subpoenaed on June 12th by the House Oversight Committee which is investigating Hunter's business and whether he and other members of the Biden family inappropriately traded on their connections. That's influence peddling. It's unclear the motivation behind Archer's decision to testify on Monday. He previously canceled on the committee at least three times in recent weeks. See, this is just like pages and pages of plot. Devin Archer believes strongly in the rule of law. This is his lawyer and is prepared to answer the committee's questions just as he had already answered similar questions from a federal grand jury, the Department of Justice, and several other government agencies in their investigations concerning the Biden family. Uh, The White House has maintained the president was never in business with his son. Note the change in terms. But the GOP have ramped up their investigation with testimonies from whistleblowers and a slew of other evidence. Archer, 48, and Hunter both graduated from Yale and were friends for decades. Hunter has reportedly described Devin as his best friend in business, quote-unquote. Together, they formed Rosemont Seneca Partners back in 2009, along with Christopher Hines, I didn't know this, the son-in-law of former Senator John Kerry, kicking off a period of international business deals and (laughs) jet-setting. It's like they're they're like Paris Hilton or something. Archer and Hunter Biden each landed lucrative seats on the board of Ukrainian energy firm Parisma, despite Hunter not having particular expertise in the field. The firm... Rosemont Seneca brought in a reported $11 million through the arrangements. Hmm. A lot of people around the Bidens getting rich, despite the fact that he's been a lowly public servant for 50 years. A few more comments, a few more thoughts on Biden, Inc. This is Steve Noble. We'll be right back. Hey, friends, it's Steve Noble. I want you to send a text. All right, you guys, on a scale from 1 to 10, Um, do you think this will actually go anywhere? Solid. Scale from from 1 to 10. 10, definitely. 1, no way. Josh? Josh is a 1. I've not heard of that movie, Patricia. Everybody else, scale from 1 to 10. 10, Biden's going down. 1, just another exercise in futility. 1 or 10. All right, everybody play along. Pookie, 0. So 0 to 10. Since Pookie played it that way. 0 to 10. Jinx, a 1. Tired of talk. Time to prosecute. They're going to have to have some actual evidence to do that. Vance, a 2. Bummer, isn't it? I think we're all going to be like, yeah, this isn't going anywhere. We're so conditioned to it at this point. Uh, one more example here, and then some uh, Rasmussen polling on this particular subject, which is interesting. And uh, Nina's feeling a little optimistic. She's a five. How about everybody else on uh, Emily? Five, closer than we've been yet. I agree. It's definitely better than it was a month ago. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. This was funny. I just pulled up Twitter. X, whatever it's called now, Elon, whatever, whatever it's called. Uh, CNN, this is their version. Devin Archer told the House Oversight Committee that his former business partner, Hunter Biden, was selling the quote-unquote illusion of access to his father, according to a source familiar with the closed-door interview. Don't you love those sources? Here's a source familiar with the closed-door interview. Well, I've read a few articles and heard a few things today. I'm familiar with the closed-door interview. Am I a credible source? No, I'm not. So CNN, right on Twitter, or X as it's called now. uh, Yeah, he was selling the illusion of access to his father. Well, when you can get the old man on the phone when you're hanging out over dinner in Dubai with your uh, energy partner buddies, and uh, that's not the illusion of access to his father. (laughs) That's actual access in real time, which is pretty impressive, right? If you're going to hire Hunter and you're hoping having the vice president's son on your board is going to help you, which, in fact, it sure looks like it did, then uh, getting the old man on the phone at the drop of a hat before you get done with your Bananas Foster there in Dubai is makes you look pretty good. It's pretty credible. Yeah, hey, I'll call Dad. I'll get him to say hi to you guys. Really? Wow, that's cool. One alleged example is after a Barisma board meeting in Dubai on December 4th, 2015. Devin allegedly claims Hunter was with him. Barisma owner Nikolai Zlachevsky and executive Vadim Pozarski at the bar of the Four Seasons Resort Dubai at Jumeirah Beach. Right, which is for all the rich folks, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Barisma executive Vadim Pozarski allegedly asked Hunter, can you ring your dad? Sure, in the Ukrainian accent. Uh, According to the Post report, Hunter called Joe, introduced Nikolai and Vedim, and told his father they, quote-unquote, need our support. Three days later, (laughs) you just can't make this up. Three days later, Joe flew to address the Ukrainian parliament on the poison of cronyism, corruption, and kleptocracy. (laughs) Joe doesn't even know what that means. At the time, Zlicevsky was under criminal investigation in Ukraine and had his assets seized. But in March 2016, after Joe Biden threatened to withhold $1 billion, blah, 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 with a B, $1 billion in U.S. aid to Ukraine, Ukrainian Prosecutor General Viktor Shokin was fired. Remember? And then actually, you can go watch this Joe bragging, and then, oh, blah, 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 use some expletives. Don't you know? There he's fired by the end of the day. You guys, hey, I'm out of here. In five hours, and if that guy still has a job, you don't get the billion dollars. And then look at that. Oh, five hours later, they fired him. (laughs) You can go look that one up. At the Times, Lechevsky was under criminal investigation in Ukraine and had his assets seized in March 2016. Like I read, after Joe Biden threatened to withhold a billion, bada bing, bada boom, he got Victor Shokin, the investigator, got fired. Separately, in a 2017 email to Hunter, his uncle Jim... There's a whole slew of them. And other business partners uh, regarding a deal with Chinese energy conglomerate CEFC. Business partner James Gillier made a reference to the big guy getting a 10% stake in the lucrative deal. Another former associate of his first son, U.S. Navy veteran Tony Bubulinski, publicly claimed in October 2020 that the big guy was a reference to President Biden. No, say it isn't so. Can't believe it. Does this matter to the public? Interesting question. Uh Rasmussen Reports just came out with a, a poll that they took, a phone, telephone poll, before today's hearing, okay? Uh and, and 60% of likely voters think that uh Joe is part of an illegal cover-up. 60% of likely voters. But what about the lusted after independents? They're quote unquote in the middle. Forty-eight percent of independents on this poll. Likely voters, independents. Forty-eight percent said, yeah. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm very sure. It's very likely that Joe Biden is part of an illegal cover-up to hide his uh, dealings with Hunter's foreign business deals. And, and 17% of likely voters, independent likely voters, uh, 17% said somewhat, somewhat likely. So you got about seven, 65% of them are like, yeah, <laughs> pretty sure our president was involved and in, is involved in the cover-up of his dealings with Hunter's foreign business shenanigans. That, those are real numbers. Okay, those matter. Uh, right now, according to Rasmussen, Biden's at a 51% disapproval rate. That matters. So where does this go? As we've talked about this uh, time and time again, occasionally, not every day. I can't talk about this stuff every day. Uh, but, but where does it go? I, I, I can see the storm clouds gathering where enough of this stuff comes out. Just like they tried to all of a sudden get rid of the you ignore the fact that you have a seventh grandchild problem. So there's just a tweet last week, a uh, podcast interview over the week, I think over the weekend or done late last week with some. I don't even know who the podcaster is, but he was sitting there in the White House with the president. Oh, yes. Our uh, seven grandchildren and four are old enough that we can uh, get them on the phone. And, uh... and then last last week via tweet, you know, they mentioned our seven grandchildren. Although Christmas last, they had six stockings up in the White House to represent their six out of seven grandchildren and a bonus stocking for their now known to be ravenous dog, whatever his name is. But now all of a sudden the numbers, there's enough heat coming, Mr. President. Quote-unquote Dr. Jill. She's an educational doctor, right? PhD. Uh, Yeah, you're going to need to go with the lucky number seven now. We need to put that in the circulation because the numbers aren't really good there. Uh, but could enough happen? Plus his obvious cognitive decline, his, his mental acuity, his physical decline, all of those things. Does it get to the point where where it becomes untenable? And then the greatest fear, of course, is it's so bad that Joe could actually lose to Donald. Assuming Donald gets through the, the, the investigations, more indictments are coming, all that mess, he's going to avoid the... Debate at the end of uh, August on Fox. He's not going to be a part of that. He did show up at the Iowa thing. What I've read is his speech was kind of lackluster. He went and did a, uh, a rally in Pennsylvania in a pretty small venue that wasn't full. So there's, there's some things out there about Trump that uh, he, I, he's not locked and loaded yet for securing the Republican primary. And they definitely... Biden at all and the Democrat Party definitely don't want to run against DeSantis. Definitely. Because the numbers there are not good. The numbers against Trump are tenable. But the numbers against DeSantis are not. DeSantis is a real threat, but he'd have to get past Trump. But is Joe Biden going to be in there? Uh, Or could it get to the point where enough heat comes out of all this that uh, it becomes an untenable position for him to run? And then who's next? And that's where, like, if you listen to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton who took over Rush Limbaugh's spot, uh, Clay, Clay Travis, Alcook.com, um, Fox News guy, Fox bought Outkick, But Clay Travis is like, there's no way the guy's not going to be. He's not going to be the candidate eventually. He's going to be out. There's no way. It's not going to happen. And Buck Sexton's like, I'm telling you, the guy's going to go all the way through the whole process. And Joe Biden will be on the ballot in November of 2024. Clay Travis is like, no way. And Clay Travis is convinced that the one that they're going to use to replace him, none other than Michelle Obama. Now, now this, I, I really think, <laughs> because we're just on the road to end times, right? I really think this will probably be the most bizarre 10 to 12 months in presidential politics that we've seen in our lifetime, the next 12 months. And then I would encourage everybody, you, me, as followers of Christ, if you are one, that you don't uh, hitch your wagon too tightly to this pony because this is just the world doing what the world does. And the madness and the maneuvering and the uh, salaciousness and the allegations and the investigations, all this kind of stuff, and the guy that's clearly losing his mind, that being our president, is just going to become normal. This kind of madness is just going to become more and more normal. In a world that's quite literally losing its mind. And so let's not uh, tie ourselves too closely or too tightly to the results of this election. God will remain on the throne. God is not pulling his hair out. God is not going, oh, I got Michelle Obama, I didn't see that coming. Nothing. It's, uh, he's known about this since the dawn of time. Okay? And so remember that. And if you know him, if you're in right relationship with God through the shed blood of his son, then ultimately this stuff, it's interesting. It matters because it affects real people in real time, and that matters. But it doesn't matter ultimately. What matters ultimately, the story that you ultimately need to make sure you're aware of, is the one that God put in his word. And when you know that one, this stuff isn't going to rock your world. It can frustrate you. You can get angry. You can be concerned, especially for our children and grandchildren, and we should be but you shouldn't be losing your mind over it. And that's, that's something we need to remember. And I think it's too easy for all of us. I've said this many times over the years to sell our joy down the river for a bowl of stew. Like Esau did. Let's not be that foolish, pay attention, be engaged, pray for these people, pray for our nation, pray for the process, try to speak truth out into the culture, but don't pitch your wagon to that horse a losing proposition. It always has been. But let's make sure we're praying for those in authority over us. Pray for truth. Pray for justice. Leave everything else in the hands of the Lord where we can trust it beyond any congressional committee or anybody in the White House named Trump or DeSantis or Biden or Obama or whatever. Okay? And I need to remember that myself. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon like my dad always used to say, ever forward.